Welcome to the next installment of the Yummy Coco Show. This is a pop culture variety show for your ear holes with sketches, music, interviews, and games. I'm your host, Yummy Coco, aka Colette Prosper. I am a comedy writer and filmmaker. On this show, we talk about everything. There's so much, though, to unpack, but Killing It got a season two renewal. It's a show on Peacock. It's really good. Check that out. Girls 5 Evo is also really good on Peacock. Rutherford Falls is back. That's also a um, really cute show. Enjoying that as well. Um, so basically, Peacock has been killing it. Ha ha. Um, with some really good shows. Today, I had my bourgeois lady experience extravaganza, which is why this episode is late. Uh, I woke up, went to Pilates. I... Uh, went to a I had a scone afterwards so I had like a little treat after the class so kind of like uh, whatever calories I lost in the Pilates gained it back by eating a baked good but whatever anyway I had myself a day I went on a small hike and I ate ravioli for dinner uh, and with chicken meatballs watching Emma Thompson um, discovering pleasure in good luck to you leo grand cute movie on hulu not peacock very cute liked it so that's that was my day it's the second day of summer and it's five days until my birthday on the episode today is gloria bigelow so nice wonderful great comedian writer works on Bob Hart's Abby Shola. She's back in the writer's room currently, but I was able to chat with her last week um, to uh, before she went off hiatus. And so now she's back in the writer's room. So uh, that was awesome. Talk to her. You'll find out more. She is an expert in all things 90s hip hop and R&B. Very cool talking to her. Um, and uh, if you don't know Bob Hart's Abby Shola, it's on CBS. It stars um, uh, Gina Yashere. She's uh, she plays Kemi on the show, I believe. Um, I'm probably, and I'm sorry if I'm if I'm messing that up. Um, but she's amazing. Uh, Gloria Bigelow is amazing. Uh, we're going to talk about joke writing and the mechanics of a joke. Uh, I will also share with her what I find funny, which I don't know. Is it funny? Let me know. Hit me up at Yummy Coco on Instagram and let me know. Anyway, in the meantime, housekeeping. If you like the show, please give it five stars. Nobody has to know. Nobody got to know about it. You can just do it and, you know, know that you're helping someone to find this podcast. Right now, let's uh, kick things off with a sketch. It is Elon Musk and Leah Michelle at the CVS having a spring awakening. Sketch. Sketch. Oh, Elon 
Musk. It's me, Leah Michelle. Oh, yes. Ugh. I can't believe we have to wait this long for a CVS person to open the deodorant display case. This is ridiculous. Yes, I don't like that some CVS employee holds all the power of the deodorant display case. I know, I can hear you're mad even through your robotic delivery. I'm the richest man in the world. Yeah, you are. I want that power. And you should have it. You should totally buy the key then. Buy the CVS deodorant display case key? Yeah, totally. I like that, and then I would have the power to get any antiperspirant that I want to. Haha. <laughs> yeah, Elon Musk, think about it. All the secret Mitchum, Dove, and Degree deodorants could totally be yours. That is fun, Leah Michelle. I'll make it private too. Yeah, Elon Musk. I love that for me. I love control. I love power. Yes. It's about taking control of a situation, like what you did by buying Twitter, or like what I did when I showed Jonathan Groff my vagina. Uh, Leah Michelle, I don't see the connection. Well, let me explain. As you know, my gay best friend. Oh yes, Jonathan Groff from Glee. And don't forget Spring Awakening, starring me. Yes, and I love Frozen. Yeah, Elon Musk, let it go, haha. <laughs> I'm talking. Okay, keep talking. Thank you. Anyway, Jonathan Groff might have said something in passing like, as if I've never seen a vagina before. So I just took out my desk lamp, whipped out my lady parts, and I gave him an illustrative lesson that satisfied his curiosity of the female anatomy. You're welcome. Oh, I didn't know he was curious. But that's my point, Elon. He didn't need to say if he was curious or say if it made him like uncomfortable or whatever. I saw a moment, I got in there. And you made it about you. That's right, I made it about me. Ah yes, and with Twitter, I spent way too much money on a company that is declining in value with low new user acquisition and has the worst ad platform of any social media app. Yeah, and you made it about you. Yes, I made it about my Twitter. It's so great. Say, Elon Musk? Oh, yes. Now that you, uh, you know, are about to own a CBS display key, do you want to see my vagina? I brought my desk lamp. No, thanks, Leah Michelle. I'm about to own a display case key, and I want to tweet about it on my Twitter. Oh, just take a second. Just hold still. Oh, no. Oh, please put that away, Leah Michelle. But here. No, look. Oh, no, um... I'm well aware of vaginas, thank you. Now I need to go own a CVS key. Where are you going? Oh, you made it about Julia, Michelle. Stop! And I want to tweet about it on my Twitter. My Twitter. My Twitter. My Twitter. My Twitter. But I needed to make it about me now. No thanks. <laughs> but it's my spring awakening. <sighs> And we're back. Awesome. So let's get into my talk with comedian and writer Gloria Bigelow. Hi, Gloria. 
Hey, Claude, how you doing? Hi, good. Um, so I'm going to quickly read a portion of your bio. Oh, Subtle, disarming. Yes, okay, <laughs> yes. Subtle, disarming and oh, witty. God. Gloria Bigelow is a writer, comic, who doses out humor in bite-sized chunks. Easy <laughs> chunks. for the listener to swallow, but relentless nonetheless. With issues of sexuality, race, and gender at the forefront of her work, her comedy has the ability to unite a diverse group of people with laughter. By the time this episode comes out, she will be back in the writer's room writing on season four of Bob Hart's Abby Shola on CBS, Check her out doing stand-up at a comedy club near you. Um, your website's GloriaBigelow.com. Yes. Uh, for for show dates. GlowBigelow.com. GlowBigelow, G-L-O, Bigelow, uh -huh. like the T. Yep, dot com. exactly. Yes, and we're going to be talking – we're going to get the T on jokes. That's what we're going to be talking <laughs> about. So this is incredible. Thank you so much. Um, you spoke at my uh, screenwriting class and and then I uh, I DM'd you and then you DM me back and I was like she's so nice would she do my <laughs> podcast I don't know I'm gonna ask me to shoot my shot and so I did and you were like why not and I was like thank you so much and here we are and here I wanna, we are I wanna, yes I want to talk to you about jokes because you, uh, you tell a lot of jokes I do tell a lot of jokes the first joke that's happened is that bio uh, by the way uh, <laughs> I I believe it I, that was sounds like a joke I didn't write that bio my friend. Oh. Luna wrote that bio for me literally like my second year in stand-up. And nice. I have shout not out to had, Luna. I know. I have not had the wherewithal to change it. But now uh -huh. that I've listened to you read it, I was like, I might need to change this. <laughs> this sounds crazy. Oh, oh, but Luna was doing you doing you a solid. Doing me a solid. Yeah. Yeah. I get it though, because like I I've had to pay someone recently to do really like simple work on my website. Mm -hmm. Cause I just don't want to be bothered. There's so many things to do. Yeah. 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 And so it's like the website's kind of the last thing. I haven't even looked at that. Yeah. Even, yeah. So, okay. So now I, you know, so I got, I got some stuff to put on my list. So it's good. Okay. Sure. All right. Yeah. You task, task rabbit that. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So I want to talk to you about jokes. Um, also it's uh black music history month, mm -hmm. um, which has been around since 1979. I'd never heard of it. Um, I'm a, full ass adult. I never heard of that. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that it exists. It's, it's interesting because, you know, we have black history month in February. Now we have this month, uh, dedicated to music in June that we don't really talk about. Um, I've seen it a little bit on Instagram, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, so we'll, we'll talk about that because you, you are a music lover. I am, um, but yeah. can I, I want to ask you uh, a really very silly icebreaker. Okay. Um, <laughs> so someone gives you an elephant, uh -huh. You can't sell it or give it away. Okay. What do you do with the elephant? I'm keeping it. I'm in in your like LA house. I mean, with your dogs. I mean, if I take down that shed, it could <laughs> almost be enough room for Woo! it. Yeah, it could almost be enough space for it in the back. Uh -huh. I, mean, I really like elephants. Yeah, I love yeah. elephants. Yeah, if if I could, I would try to keep it. And if I, I was not, if they were like, that's against the city rules, like you can't have elephants yeah. in your backyard, in the valley. I would, you know, I would, I, you said I can't, I can't sell it. I don't want to sell it, but can yeah. I donate it? Can I donate it to like... I 
well yeah you, you can't you can't sell it or give it away um, away i can loan it to someone probably yeah probably yeah um i i think it would be allowed like a, a babysitter like an elephant sitter yeah so i would probably loan it to one of those places that takes in animals sanctuary yeah i would do that yeah. i would loan it to a sanctuary and that's what i would do with it if i if if they said that it was against some laws to keep it in the backyard in the valley yes <laughs> <laughs> how nice would it be to have an elephant you know that would be awesome we'd have like a little dodo video that we'd make with my elephant yeah. and the dogs yeah yeah that would that would be really cute but then you have to like task rabbit somebody to pick up all the elephant dung yeah but i'm you sure know what? It, it's, it's wild it can make paper oh oh their dung makes paper their dung can make paper i was in hawaii a couple weeks ago and i went to the zoo there uh-huh. And they they talked about the tonnage. Now we're talking about poo, but they talked yeah. about the tonnage <laughs> of it because they, they only eat like you know grass and you know organic vegetarian matter. Yeah. And so now they're starting to take it and make paper. It might even be toilet paper that they're making with it. Ooh. So there you go. There you go. You might need to fact check that, by the way. I'm not sure I got all the facts right, <laughs> but there's something around. There's I don't something know about it. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about like wiping my my with, butt with, with poop with dung, with dung matter. yeah it's kind of like it defeats the purpose yeah and, yeah i just i might as well just take a shower yeah um but uh but yeah but it brings me to uh because i wanted to talk to you about things that you find funny um and then so we're you know we're talking about elephants and so something that i found funny was a headline um uh, okay, so it's uh, from the U.S. from from uh, the U.S. version of the Sun newspaper. Uh-huh. Um, the headline is: "Raging elephant tramples woman to death and returns to mall corpse at a funeral." I thought that was like the funniest headline. Yeah. I mean, it's horrible, absolutely horrific. But like, what I thought it was. What did this lady do to that elephant? I know, I know. That lady did something to elephants. Elephants are sweet, gentle yes. by nature. Yeah. Like, they like to like. They keep friends, you know, they're like, and the girl elephants all hang out together. That's why Delta Sigma Thetas are, are elephant. Like, oh, I didn't know very, that. Mm-hmm, that's why elephants are good. So that lady did something. And, Sorry. And, that, and that elephant was just like, she went back. She went yeah. back to the funeral. Well, elephants never forget, right? I'm not victim blaming, but that lady <laughs> did something to that elephant. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't read that headline without laughing. I mean, it's so terrible. It's a, so that's horrible. Awful. But, that's a but I just want to die. But the thing that made me laugh was that it returned to maul the. And I'm telling you, that lady did something to that elephant. Maybe <laughs> when it was a baby elephant or something, something happened, or that elephant in a past life was like somebody that the lady knew. Wow. Yeah. It was like a past life person that came back as an elephant wow. and then got to the lady. And had to just make sure that that mm-hmm. corpse was stomped out. And make sure you dead. Like, yeah. like you dead dead. Yeah. <laughs> so they can go back to the, you know, the girl squad and be like, and be like yeah, she's I gone. stomped that bitch. Literally. <laughs> just gone. Yeah. That bitch dead. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that's something that I find funny. Um, and if I ever did stand up, I guess that would probably be something that I would do. Um, yeah. I, I, I guess I like dark humor. You are um, an anecdotal comedian. Okay. I think you, you self-identify. Um, and so I, 
you know, I want to talk about like your journey, how you came to realize that you're an anecdotal comedian. Um, I don't know what I am yet. I haven't read the comedy Bible yet. I, I will. Well, that I would have been to. observational. Oh, right? oh, that I'm observ observational. Yes. Right. Because okay. That would have been like, you'd read this. I saw this article the other day uh -huh. where it said this lady stomped to death this elephant <laughs> and then she came back and mauled the elephant at the funeral. Like that's observational. And then oh. you're commenting on, you know, what you think that was about. Oh, okay. Yes, I do. I do like to riff on observations. Mm -hmm. So, oh my goodness. Yeah. Thank you. I would take that and be like, I identify with the elephant. <laughs> and then I might take it and turn to a story of a time that I wanted vengeance on somebody. And yeah. And then I, I stomped her out. Yeah. Yeah. And like, like an elephant, I never forget, like somebody that did me wrong, like there was a girl named Shannon who did uh -huh. me wrong in third grade yes. and I would be that elephant. Like if I found Shannon, I would, you know, I would go back. Yeah. To that. Yeah. Yeah. That You're be... on notice, Shannon. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Shannon Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Shannon knows who she is. <laughs> you know what you did. <laughs> you know what you did. Yeah. Um, so I really like uh, stand-ups like uh, Janelle James, Atsuka, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. at, uh, Okatsuka. I like her a lot. I love Michelle Buteau, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Gina Yashere, who we're mm -hmm. going to talk about too because you work with Gina. Mm -hmm. um, do you have a couple of fave comics out there that you're really into? Because well, not only like as part of being a comic, you have to stand up and tell jokes. You also have to like watch comedy absolutely like too. well you said like michelle buteau you said gina yeah. yashere these are all comics that i absolutely already love aaron foley is another comic that i absolutely mm -hmm. love when i'm feeling like a smarty pants i'm really into dana goldberg i gotta go mm -hmm. back into my research when i watch her and i like that um yeah i mean i'm i'm ultimately like a huge george carlin fan i mean he's dead, oh but Oh, you did know. you watch the doc? I didn't see the documentary. I no, but it's on my list and I'm trying to yeah. do it before hiatus is over. So. Yeah. Yeah. Because cause right now we're talking uh, during your hiatus, you're going back next week to work. So mm -hmm. so this is your time. This is my time. Yeah, this is. Uh, and it went so quickly. I can't even tell you. Like, it was like, oh, you hear that? Yeah. I, he, yeah. Your dog knows. That's And that's not even my dog. That is a dog of my best friend, ex-girlfriend, uh -huh. who I'm taking uh -huh. care of right now. Oh, your dog sitting. Oh, mm -hmm. do they get along with, with your dogs? Oh, yeah. Oh, they're like little cousins. Yeah. And oh. my dog's like a little dog. And this dog's a big dog. And they look real cute together side by side. And then I have oh. a very old dog who's like 19 years old, kind of geriatric. Uh -huh. It's a whole thing going on there. Yeah. I, I, have, there. I have a 20-year-old cat, so I, I get it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what's their, what are their names? So my dogs are Niles and Valentina. Valentina's nice. the, the young one that's like a year and a Such half. sophisticated names. <laughs> well, named after Niles from Frasier because I yes. love that show. And he yes. was very much like Niles. He was very like kind of neurotic and just like a mess. And he wore like little clothes and stuff. And then Valentina, I wanted another B name and something kind of fancy because she's very confident. Yes. Very confident dog. Italian, maybe. Yes, yes, exactly. Italian uh -huh. greyhound, fancy. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So Niles and Valentina, and then I'm dog sitting Simone, who's named after Nina Simone. <laughs> nice. So there's, I have like a whole little menagerie going on. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. a very sophisticated dogs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, do they eat very, very sophisticated food? Um, are they uh, very finicky with who they hang out with? Um, Niles is, I got to tell you, for not, I got Niles at a shelter, at a shelter, a bark shelter in Brooklyn. Oh. And I got to tell you, he adapted to his new lifestyle yeah. so well. Like it was like he knew he was like born to wear clothes. Like he would go to his basket and pull like a shirt out and walk over to me. Like he, nice. he just knew, <laughs> like he knew like this is the lifestyle to which I need to become accustomed. And so yeah, let's got, rule the world together, baby. Yeah. And we have been like, we've been together for like 17, 18 years. Oh, he yeah. When I like had nothing in Brooklyn and he was like peeing on the streets and stuff. And <laughs> it was like, so he's not really persnickety because he does like still have street cred from Brooklyn. Nice. But he does like get acupuncture and stuff like that. And uh-huh. like, you know, heat kind of healing and stuff like, cause he old and I want him to like feel good, you know, for as little yeah. time as he has left. Yeah. Um, and I, and I make, I make a lot of dog food cause I'm on hiatus and I feel like I have time to make dog food and it's embarrassing to say that I make dog food, but that's why I feel like I'd be a good elephant owner. <laughs> and that elephant owner is not going to be, that elephant's not going to be coming for you to stomp you no, out. No, no, no. Elephant would be yeah. like, oh my God. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like that's my actually acupuncture connect. Like yeah. that's, that's my everything. Doing, doing all the things. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, so this is amazing. So, so you and Niles, you know, you, you were in Brooklyn together, like in a, like Bed-Stuy or I, yeah. I, I'm, I moved here from Flatbush. Oh yeah. So I used to teach in Flatbush. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So not, I got him at Bark Shelter in Brooklyn and we lived mm-hmm. in Crown Heights for a while Nice. and we lived in Brownsville. Wow. And, far. Yeah. Yeah. He and I, like we have, we have lived, we have lived He's lived in Georgia for a while. Wow. He lived in D.C. Georgia, um, so they went to school with you? When no, you he college, went, uh, when I went to go live with my mom for a while. Uh-huh. So me and my girlfriend at the time went to go live with my mother to get our lives together and sublet our apartment in Brooklyn because we couldn't afford it. Uh-huh. So brought the dogs and the cats. Lived in Georgia. And then I've been in L.A. now for since 2010. So uh-huh. we've been here for 12 years. And he finally wow. got his backyard, which is all I really wanted him to have. Yeah. Like, Thanks for sticking by me, bud. Thanks for sticking by me. I told, <laughs> I promised you a yard. Hang it on. Took, it took, it took oh, but you did it. 16, 17 years. But that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. And then, and then you might have be able to fit an elephant back there too. If you, you know, know, if anything, you never know. Shed. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, and then the shed comes back for you. I I, I, I don't know. No, no. <laughs> Where is she? And it just drops on me. Yeah, yeah. This is for taking me down. Um. So um. So yeah. So so you went to Spelman. Um. Mm-hmm. I because uh, I, I I watched an interview that you did. Um. Where it was like it was very in depth. So it was like, I don't know, it's like a Barbara Walters interview that you did where it's like, it was like an hour long with a woman named Kimberly. Hmm. It's on YouTube. Hmm. And so, so you talked about being at Spelman and you, um, and just meeting all sorts of black folks, including like artsy ones. And mm-hmm. then you got into theater and then eventually, um, 
your in your journey you're in new york and then you got into stand-up comedy mm -hmm. so um in in all of these different spaces it seems like you you found people that like believed in you believed that you could be an actor believed that you could um you know, be a comedian. So like, uh, and now, and now, you know, Gina Yashere, she believed that you could be a TV writer. So like, um, how was it like building your, your tribe? Because that's, that's something like I, I just finished a mentorship, um, opportunity with Amy Aniobi, where mm -hmm. it was like a talent incubator where, um, the meaning behind it was to get us all together so that we can network across. Mm -hmm. And so, it's obviously something that that um, you have talent, you have charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent, but then you also need connections. And so, mm -hmm. you know, if you could talk a little bit about that and how important that's been for you. You know, I don't think until you uh, kind of put it in those ways that I'd really thought about it like that. Yeah. Um, I do remember uh, hearing at Spellman one time, and this did stick with me, like, mm -hmm. It's great. People who are qualified, there will be many people who are qualified for a job, but people like to work with people they like. Yeah. And that, that's just something that I've just kept in mind. Mm -hmm. um, but I hadn't really thought about the idea of people kind of like believing. I know I've had a lot of people who have like helped me, but I never thought of them as like believing in me, but maybe that is the case. And I just never thought about it that way. Um, yeah. Because like, if you could talk about how you came to work on Bob Hart's Abbey Shola, mm -hmm. it was based on your stand-up clip. Yeah. Um, you, you um, told Gina she could share it she shared it. And so I guess they liked you. Yeah. They, 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 they thought, okay, I can rock with this person for hours on end. Yeah. So that was a very unique experience. Like, you know, and that's why I also believe in like the side door to things. Um, yeah. Love a side door. I do love a side door. And I feel like most of the doors that I've gone in have been on the side. Yes. Same. Yeah. So, you know, they, you, I've been in LA, you know, since 2010 and, uh -huh. you know, I've been doing stand up, and I had done a comedy special and this woman named Liz afterwards was like, you should be in a writer's room. And I when I tell you, I had no idea what that meant yeah. or what that was. I had <laughs> literally, I didn't know what she was, I didn't know what she was talking about. Like a journal room or something. I don't like, get, like, yeah. like, what is that? Yeah. Why? Like, I literally. Is it had, a cult? I, I had no idea. I, when I'm, t I'm telling you, like, I literally had, you know, I'd been like a theater person for a long time and I'd like directed theater and Lincoln Center's directors. Like I knew that world, I feel like very well. Like there yeah. isn't many places in the theater that you could put me that I couldn't quite figure out like how to manage or how to navigate it. But like, yeah, I, I didn't even know they had rooms where there was just writers in there. Yeah. So exactly. So making a story together. Just making stories. Just doing things. I had no idea. So <laughs> I, it's so naive. Um, so I did this, did this comedy taping. I think it was called, I think it was after Ellen. Yeah. And there was a comic named Liz Feldman that mm -hmm. was there. And oh, she, and she's a screenwriter. Dead I want to say dead to me. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Amazing. So after this was like many, many years ago, right? So after I finished my set, I'm on the side of the stage and she was like, 
you're such a good writer. You're such a good writer. Have you ever thought about being in a writer's room? And I was like, I don't, I don't really know what that what is. What is that? Like, I don't, I don't really know I don't what you're do talking cults. about. <laughs> I don't, yes. don't know what that is. Yes. And then and this was pretty shortly after I'd moved to LA. So then she met me for coffee and I was like, tell me what this is that you're speaking of. Like, what are you talking about? She's like, well, you have packets and that you submit. And I think she realized like I literally had no idea what she was talking about. Yeah. So fast forward years later, um, I'm working. Because you were this... just in LA to be a stand-up comic. Yeah. You were in LA comic, to be couple, on TV. Well, acting roles here and yeah. there. I would do that, but stand-up. That's what I was yeah. here to do. Yeah. And um nine years in LA working at my school at my day job. Yeah. And um building their diversity department and their theater department and yes. all of those things. And rising up the ranks. Rising up the ranks to become a uh-huh. school administrator with no uh-huh. credential or degree in that. Um, yeah. Not Niles alongside you. Uh, just waiting still for the yard. <laughs> he and I. <laughs> I'm taking him to work. He's sleeping under the desk. You know, uh-huh. it gets gritty. <laughs> and um, and when this opportunity came along, it was, um, I had been, I'm going to sound like I've been in LA for a long time, but I had been journaling about what I wanted my next steps to look like. Yeah. Um, And was really like, like, like very committed to that, like every day doing like my regular journal and then doing a like, wouldn't it be nice if I got to work with a team of people? Wouldn't it be nice if I had like set hours? Wouldn't it be nice if I like, and I would just daydream these things. Like, wouldn't it be nice if I made X amount of money? Wouldn't it be like, I would just do this every single day. Yeah, I would journal, do these, wouldn't it be nice? And then I would do a list of things that I was grateful for. And I did this like every day for probably Mm -hmm. at least a year. Yeah. And Very then, like big magic, the secret, yeah, just kind of yeah, um, all of those things. Trying to get myself in alignment, uh-huh. yeah, and uh-huh. and to feel good because when I would do my like, I used to do the wouldn't it be nice when I was living in Brooklyn too. Like, I would be straight up, I'd be teaching in like East Flatbush, and I'd be like mm-hmm. walking home through the projects, and I'd be like in another oh, place. <laughs> Not those, but okay, like that's yeah. that's by where I lived. Uh-huh. Yeah, and uh-huh. I would just be like taking myself to another place. Like one day, like I'm going to live in California and I'm going to have, and I would just be smiling, walking down the street, imagining what my life was going to be like in another yeah. time period. Um, anyhow, so this opportunity came up. So Gina, and it's such a fascinating story. Like Chuck had been traveling and mm-hmm. came back and was like, I want to do a show about, you know, someplace, some, an, a Nigerian woman and like, and I want to work with Billy Gardell again, because he loves Billy Gardell. What's not to mm-hmm. love? Mm-hmm. And they had the good sense to know that it's not smart to have three white guys. Yes. Write oh. this story. <laughs> we know you're capable. We know you're capable. Uh. You guys know everything, <laughs> but maybe we should get, you know, a Nigerian woman to be a part yes. of this. So they literally Googled like, Nigerian female nice. Nigerian stand-up comic. Nice. I'm I'm imagining like uh, coming to America, with Eddie Murphy, and the, they're like spinning yes. the globe in Queens. Queens. Yes, yeah, <laughs> literally. And, uh-huh. Gina Yashere. And they found her, and they saw the clip of her doing uh, the Apollo, talking about her mom and her mom standing up, and they were like, "Okay, that's the person that we want." 
Nice. And she's been on The Daily Show already. Like, mm-hmm. she'd already, like, established. Um, oh, yeah. It was a big, big deal in London, all that jazz. Yeah. So yeah. they brought her out here, and she wasn't even sure she wanted to do it in classic Gina style, like, you know, not wanting to to deal with these writer's room and all the stuff, horrible stuff she'd heard about writer's rooms. Yeah. Yeah. Toxic. It can be very, very. toxic. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah so white, were... white men, insecure. Yes. Yeah. And a, and a way of doing things that has always been that way, and there's no justification necessarily for the why yeah so they were writing the pilot and when it was time to shoot the pilot um she was saying to them like if this gets picked up I don't want to have a room that's like all white dudes like I want it to be very inclusive Mm -hmm. and so they were like start sending us people so she's sending like you know all these people with these scripts and all these scripts and all these scripts and her girlfriend is my best friend Nina oh nice so like the woman that's in the I, back of the videos when they're dancing. Yeah, Tunes on Tuesday. She's a yeah. great dancer. Yeah, that's my best friend of many years. Lived together oh, in nice. Brooklyn. Uh, oh. I took her and that's how she met Gina when I took oh. her to Michigan. Anyway, so long story. Oh. So Nina says to Gina, did I say that right? Yeah, because the E. Yes. Okay. Nina <laughs> says to Gina, <laughs> I know. I have also a friend named Zena. It's like a lot of Enas in my life. Nice. So, nice. And you all hang out. Yeah, and we all hang out. So wow. Nina says to Gina, you know, Glow is a really good writer. And Gina was like, no, I had no idea. And Nina's like, you should talk to her. So Gina tells me, you know, send me your script. I'm not super satisfied with my script. So mm-hmm. I was not on What the, was like, it about? Um, it's called My Best Ex. Nice. And it's about exes who are best friends who are living together. Uh-huh. Based on my, my friend Zena. Uh-huh. Who's my whose dog Simone I have? You see how it all comes together. It's you all see, connected. You see how it all comes together like that. Um, but it really needed polishing and all of those things. And I said, "Hey, while I work on this, can you just send them a stand-up clip?" Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go back and work on this. Yeah. So they saw the stand-up clip and they said, "Well, we want to meet her." And Gina was like, "I send you a bunch of people with scripts, and you want to go off of the stand-up." clip that I sent you. Yeah, because that's so, reading. They didn't have to read. <laughs> they don't have to read. Right. They just watch a clip. <laughs> so I met with um I met with Al and Eddie at like some cafe in Burbank near nice. the studio. Yeah. And had a good, you know, fun talk. And it was just like fun and light. I didn't even hear I'm telling you, this lady is green. She doesn't know what's going on. I wasn't thinking of it as an interview. Uh-huh. I just thought we were like chatting. Like I didn't know that it was like they were looking to see whether or not I would be a good fit in a writing room. Because you're at this point, um, this is, you know, flash forward to that conversation you had with Liz Feldman where you're like, what the what the fuck is that? Um, You're you're flash forward. You do you have a more of of an understanding of what a writer's room is when you're meeting with Alan Eddy? No, you just thought it was just like coffee kiki. Like I just thought we were just like chatting and they were getting to know me yeah and that maybe like other things would happen or some I don't know what I I don't know it was all just kind of like happening and then so I had that that you know lunch or whatever and then went back to my day job and then they were like oh well you should come on you know come on the lot one day we'll have a pass while we're shooting you know and just see what that's like so I you know Came on and the what line. does that mean? Have a pass? Like you're you're you were going to um, they're going to put say, a thing say in my, some jokes? No, just like put a thing in my car so that I can drive on the lot and oh oh you know be there for the thing. Like 
Look, I didn't even know, like I'd had, you know, for, for auditions and things like that, but I still, like, I still don't, lady still doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. So I go to, um, while they're shooting the pilot mm -hmm. and there are a couple other people there. One's a woman named Carla and I'm just kind of like an Eddie who's like a, such a, he's like a very heart smart kind of guy. He's like yeah. kind of telling me like what to do and how things work and you know, like, and he introduces me, you know, to Billy's like, she's from Pittsburgh, you know, and you're from Pittsburgh. So he's like that kind of guy. Nice. And so I'm still just kind of like following behind the other writers as they go from place to place, me not knowing like, this is actually how part of the job. So I'm just going and like, you know, if you have an idea for something, like I had an idea about something, a joke, but um, it would have changed some other lines, but I didn't know that like, you're not supposed to do that. Like if you're going to pitch on something you want to pitch an ending that doesn't like mess up all the other lines that are after it you know uh, uh -huh. yeah so I tell it to Carla it's very strategic yeah and she's like nope nope or like a double word like repeating the same word and she's like nope 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 and I'm like but it's funny but I you know but I don't know like I don't know the world so that happened yeah. and that was that and I went back to my day job and then Gina was going to be performing um, and they were still filming the pilot. Gina was going to be performing that weekend. She was like, mm -hmm. I feel like if you come and do some time on my show, all of the people from CBS are going to be there that if they see you, it'll close the deal. And I was wow. like, really? She's like, yeah, just do five minutes at the top of my show and let them like see you be you. And I was like, okay. She so really wants, she really wants you to get the job too. I, I mean, like, and I never, it never occurred to me that that was like, what was going on? Yeah. Slow for the uptake. Right. So she was I like, do don't miss the shot. Like, yeah. M &M. Yeah. Yeah. So I come, I do five minutes uh -huh. and it's a rip roaring time. And then afterwards, some of the people that had been there when they were shooting came up and they were like, that was so funny. We wish we could see more of you, blah, blah, blah. Hey, do you want to come back on the lot when we're shooting again? Like, you know, and so they bring me back this, that, and the other. And this time I think I like meet Chuck and they're sitting in the room and wow, I don't have anything to offer. So I wasn't, I wasn't like pitching anything because I didn't have anything to say. And then afterwards, Eddie was like, you did that so well. And I was like, <laughs> I, didn't, I, I didn't do anything. He's like, exactly. Yes. You didn't feel like you had to talk just to talk. You know, and then he, Chuck asked That's me something. That's so funny. Yeah, totally separate. He was like, so um, asked me about being a stand-up and like working with Gina. He was like, are you in competition with Gina? I was like, Gina's in competition with no one. Yeah. And he was like, good answer. I was like, yeah, I know. I know how this works or whatever. And that's when I was like, that's the thing. Like you made him laugh and you weren't trying to like, you know, monopolize, be a stand-up in the room because often stand-ups want to like boom, 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 like Showboat. see how funny I am. Yeah. Yeah. So then that was that. I went back to my day job and um, and then because spring break was over and I was back teaching my kids musical theater and subbing mm -hmm. for a friend and I got the call and it was just like, you know, a text message rather that said like, you know, the show has been picked up and we want to offer you like a staff writing job of which, of course, I didn't know what it was. <laughs> I didn't know what that was or what that meant. Which is like a incredible opportunity huge huge yeah. yes. right didn't know network what tv like you know 30 you know 23 episodes yeah, yeah. that's amazing Chuck Lorre, yeah cbs staff writing job you're about to get a backyard basically. yeah I'm ba 
Niles getting ready to have his yard, right? But I don't know that. I, do, I literally don't know that. I don't know how much, I don't know anything. Yes. I don't know anything. Wow. I don't, yeah, I know that I'd been at my job for nine years and that I was having like contention at my job about like, you know, the money from my department going to other things. And I'm like, really wanted it to stay in the arts and all of the, I knew I was having yeah. like conflict there. Yeah. And I felt like I wasn't being paid what I was worth. And I was getting ready to like, feel like I was interviewing in other places. Yeah. Here comes the mayhem. Yes. yes. Mayhem. You hear that? Because they were there. They were there. They, were there. they, they saw it all. They lived through it. They lived through it with me. Hold on one second. I'm going to shush him. Yeah. And it's it's the old one too. Like, and he yeah. can't even really oh. hear or oh. see, but he's barking. You know what I mean? Like he's still asserting himself. So um, I called my friend. Page, who has a production company, and I was like, I think I might have a job. Do you have like an attorney for me? Yeah. And she gives me this attorney that's like Shonda Rhimes attorney. Nice. She gives me the name of Shonda. <laughs> what do I want with someone who is Shonda Rhimes attorney? Wow. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I would be like, yes, this is who I need to, t- I need to talk yes. to the best. No, I'm thinking this person will not answer my calls because they work for Shonda Rhimes. Yes. Yeah. And so then I talked to my girlfriend. In the meantime, I haven't texted them back or anything because I still don't have, because they asked me for my representation. And I was like, "Mm." I called like my comedy booker that books me for colleges. And I was like, do you know anything about this? She's like, no, no. Yeah. It's like, okay. So I called my girlfriend. I was like, uh, I need an, like, I think I need an entertainment lawyer. And she's like, oh, use this guy, Will. I used him for her. She used him for her stuff. Yeah. So I like call him and I'm like, hi, my name is Gloria and I need an entertainment lawyer and I might have a job and I don't really know. And he's <laughs> like, sends me some paperwork. I sign his paperwork. And then they call me the next day. They're like, you haven't returned our phone call or a text. And it's like, I was like, I'm just waiting for my reps to get to it. Yeah, my team. <laughs> my team has got to get on it. My team. So he calls them you know, starts the negotiation. He was like, so you do have a job. You've been offered a staff writing job at wow. Warner Brothers with CBS and Chuck Lorre. Wow. And I was like, oh, okay. He was like, and I was like, and so what is that? Like, and he's like, here, I'm going to send you some links. And he like sent me links from WGA. I was like, this is, this is what that is. And I was like, oh, snap. Okay. And, um, and then before the school year ended, we started writing, but we started at like 10 o'clock during the day. And I taught my classes in the morning mm-hmm. and then started, started my, my job as a staff writer. And wow. was, that's a pilot in itself. <laughs> how it happened. Yeah. Like how Wild. it happened. Yeah. Yeah. But so. It, and, and so you had that, that um, contentious uh, moment with the school did that get resolved like in a sitcom? Like, did that get resolved or did you were just like, you know, it didn't, it didn't get resolved. It, it didn't get resolved. And it was a very, it was a very heartbreaking time because, you know, like you've been someplace for nine years and like, yeah, you know, it's a school is very much like a community. It's a very like people oriented kind of spot. And I've been watching these people's kids grow up. And the person that was the principal at the time, she ended up being let go. But Mm -hmm. at the time, usually, you know, when you're leaving and I told her that I was leaving, usually they like honor you at graduation and they say, you know, thank you for your time. I've been there since the school started. So I was like a founding member of the school, but because there were so many people who were leaving that were founding people, Mm 
uh, they decided not to do that. And so the families didn't know I was leaving. The kids didn't know I was leaving. And I, I'm telling you, I wept about that for a long time. Yeah. Cause it's like you, you disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. Were you able to, to reach out to some of the families to get closure? on, On the day, the last day of school, when I went that morning to the step up ceremony to see whether or not she was going to allow, because I had spoken for other people. So what happens is like when you leave, another faculty member comes up on stage and talks about you and the work that you've done. I had done that for nine years, for eight years for other people. You know, yeah. even when our principal, our original principal moved on to, to administration, like I spoke, I, you know what I mean? So I had done that for several people. So I just couldn't imagine that finally, after nine years of being there, this tradition was going to happen and I was not going to be honored for all the work that I had contributed and the kid, you know, like I was very also attached to my students, you know what I mean? So I went that morning and it didn't happen. And I just remember crying all the way to work. Oh my God. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I cried about this a lot and I told my mom and my mom was like, if I could get that bitch, I would like my mother was upset because she (laughs) knew like I had put my heart and soul in this school. Yeah. Um, so at that, after I realized it wasn't going to happen that evening, I went to Facebook and went to the Facebook page and said, like, you know, I just wanted the families to know that I'm, you know, leaving CWC and yeah, um, I've loved watching your kids growing up and all of those things. So some of the families, but there were a lot of families that like aren't on Facebook or I worked with a lot of um, kids who, you know, as I say, like qualified for free and reduced lunch. So I didn't have those family connections like the other families, like they had a party for me eventually, but there were a lot of those other families that were like missing from like the party part of things that I, you know, wanted to see and stuff like that. But. Wow. Yeah. I mean, cause I mean, we're talking about like comedy and, and, uh, and jokes and stuff, but like, I mean, what you're saying is, is like, there's, there's a wound there and, and it's, it's also like, um, you know, when, they were probably possibly they were feeling upset because um they felt like their world was kind of i don't want to say crumbling but it was sort of like closing in a lot of people were leaving and they and didn't so want th- the families to think that yeah. yeah yeah so there there are hurt feelings there and maybe some anger but then rather than embrace you and celebrate what you've done where you're going um they made it about them they made it about them and not wanting to look like things were stirring up like one of because it was just it was me and like three other founding people that were leaving the school and so Mm -hmm. that looks wild for you know two founding teachers and a founding administrator to leave all at once it looks like uh uh-oh is the school okay and the school was not okay it was not okay um but it's settled itself now Um, but you know, it took a lot. It was, it was really, that was like one of those weird life things that was surprisingly like, and that stuck with, I mean, that stuck with me for a second. Yeah. Because all, all they needed to do was just acknowledge you in and celebrate you and you would still be their cheerleader. You like, um, I feel like, um, in, I don't know, maybe my, my, 
my dad would do something like this. Like, you, like it's like you don't want to confront an issue, but then so you kind of like just let it let it disappear to let it dissipate. But it's yeah. still there. It's still yeah. um, it's still hanging yeah. like a cloud. Yeah. And I have it's strange because I haven't been back to that school. Yeah. Since. Now I've worked with other schools like right now this summer, I'm, I'm helping to build a library for an elementary school that's mm-hmm. of the same company, but it's in the Valley. But it's to me, it feels like it's still citizens of the world, but it's like in mm-hmm. the Valley. So it's not the ones that <laughs> did yeah. me wrong. It's a different. Yes. That. Yeah. Yeah. And you could have, you could have still been yeah. a part of that. Wow. Um, so so, okay, but talk about your experience, though, at Citizens of the World and how it translates to being in a, in a writer's room. So if you have a situation like this where someone's joke didn't get in, um, there might be some hurt feelings, you know, because it's hard when you're a writer to not take things personally, even though it's like you can't take things personally because it's TV. Um, you have to you can't be precious with with yeah. the things that you write. So, like, how do you deal with with that in the writer's room like taking taking your experiences and what you've learned yeah I think that um working in an elementary school in particular in the kind of school that I was working at it was like supposed to be a very like social emotional learning was very important very heart smart kind of environment um so I think going into a writer's room I was like a little bit in shock like, you know, like the things that, you know, like it's, it's a lot of comedy going on there. And I, I, yeah you know, I've been in such an environment that's like, we don't say those kinds of things. Like we, you know what I mean? Like we don't make jokes around people's appearances or things like I've been in that environment for so long that um, being in a writing room, I was like, oh my God, like I must seem like <laughs> Miss Polly and I must seem like I am so him and Miss Manners. I am because I, you know, and I don't like inside, I would be like, oh my God but I would like never, you know, say it. Um, <laughs> but like, it's a lot. But I think that like, a lot of the the skill set of, because, you know, stand up is such an kind of insular, you know, lone wolf kind of thing. Like, you know, you're doing it by yourself, you, mm-hmm. I mean, you tell your jokes to your dog, but it's not, it's not like the same as like working with people. Yeah. They don't and laugh. They don't, they don't laugh. English. And yeah. then Niles and Bounty, <laughs> if, quite the opposite. So judgmental around these parts. Oh. And um, awful. And um, I think that I was really ready to be a part of something collaborative. Yeah. Um, that was more to like my theater person, mm-hmm. you know, lifestyle. So I think just the need and the want to collaborate, which was also something that was, you know, like I helped produce school musicals at my school. So just like the nature of collaboration. So I think having that collaborative, oh, 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 mm-hmm. Valentina, that's Valentina. Oh, oh, having, oh. Oh, hey, Valentina. Yeah. Having that collaborative spirit, I think was very helpful going into the writing room. So to yeah. really, to put like the thing in the center and no one person necessarily. I wanted to ask you about the mechanics of a joke. Mm-hmm. I Googled how to write a joke. Okay. Uh, I, cause I, I am a comedy writer. I, I, um, I'm learning how to write jokes. Uh-huh. Um, and so I just Googled it. I have to read the comedy Bible. I guess I'm an observational comedian, um, okay, so here are the rules. You might have to debunk. Uh, okay, debunk I'm these. very okay, curious so, to hear. So the first one: find a writing method that works for you. Second, write as much as possible. Not every joke has to be good. Third, 
pay attention to every word, even syllable, as well as the syntax, grammar, rhythm, even the length of pauses in your jokes. Um, test material on a live audience, work in progress nights are perfect for honing your jokes. Allow yourself to pursue tangents, ad lib, interact with audience when live on stage. You never know where it might take you, what material you may discover. Be honest. Write about your own opinions um, and experiences as much as possible. Don't deliver a uh, don't deliver material that doesn't feel like you. So uh, the next one: try and connect your material. Work on how each joke fits with the next and the overall set. Be succinct. Remove anything superfluous from your joke until you have the bare bones. And finally, constantly refine and rewrite your material. Is this is this right? I mean, <laughs> and I yeah. and I want to I want to use these rules um, to dissect this one particular joke that you you had um, from a few years back. So I mean, is that so is that rules right? Or I rules? mean. Those rules are pretty right. Um, yeah. And do it all at once, I guess. Uh, yes. And keep it all. It's like juggling. It's yeah. Like, you know, keep it all in the air. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty much what's going on. There was some stuff at the beginning that I was unclear about, but that's pretty much what's happening. Yeah. So find a writing method that works for you. Yeah. That's like, I was like, oh. Like, what's that? I don't, yeah. I think that's something you find over time. Like, it's something you experiment with for a long time. So, like, yeah. how is your writing jokes different from you writing scenes for an episode? Like very, TV very episode. different. Mm -hmm. um, I'm writing jokes um, very much based on my experience mm -hmm. and what's happening in my life, in my world, mm -hmm. or things that I'm observing in my world and my take on it. So it's very like focused on like me as the filter, my POV, right? That's what jokes are about. Yeah. Um, in the writing room, you are trying to write for the showrunner and their um, filter. Yeah. Almost, you know, because you may have like, it depends on the joke, but I've had, I have some jokes that are very long and then I've chopped, if I have like shorter sets, I may not tell the whole full spectrum of the story mm -hmm. and I might just tell like a couple points on it. Um, but you have some like showrunners who, you know, uh, like for jokes to be more concise or they don't want it to sound like a joke or the jokes have to come from a character place and not from like a funny word place you know what I mean mm -hmm. like that so mm -hmm. it really depends you're really writing to the showrunner's ear and not necessarily your own which um it, it, like um if we could go back to the meeting with Chuck Lorre where you were quiet mm -hmm. it's like you were absorbing and mm -hmm. you were just kind of like uh letting him sort of steer the ship and then you were just adding you know little quips here and there mm -hmm. um but I guess they they liked that because that showed that like okay she's a listener mm -hmm. and That's I do what think want. I do think the beginning years of being in a writer's room is really and truly about listening and figuring out like how how to get your how to get your voice on the page mm -hmm. because some of it is like I was talking to one of uh, the other writers the other day 
and we were talking about how one person never really finished a full sentence. Their pitches are like, it could be maybe on a Tuesday or, and that would be like how they pitch <laughs> because like, it was all just like, like little posits, like a posit this, like, but it was never just like a direct, like, I think it should be blah, blah, blah. Or can we do this? You know, like it was never, it was never that. It was always just like little posits and, and that worked for the showrunner. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So a lot of it is, is the first year, like figuring out how information is best filtered to the person who has the ability to yes it or no it on the page. Yeah. And then like, how does, how can this speak to them? How do I pitch it to them in a way that somehow involves their experience so that mm -hmm. they can understand it? You know, like uh, I had a friend tell me pretty early on, like, if it can't exist in the imagination of a white guy, like it can't exist. <laughs> and <laughs> because it took, I guess it took the, the show creators oh. to like travel and be like, oh, Nigerian people, who would have thought? Right. To write. Exactly. So if it can't like so. And I found like there's kind of like it's awful, like it, it's an yeah. awful thing to say and it's awful. But there's some truth to it, I think, because they are really filtering through their experience. And I don't know if it's like that in every yeah. space, but I have found and talked to a lot of people to know that in many spaces, like if they can't conceive it, like, like, why would that happen? Like they can't, like, it, like if it, it just don't fit. Like it doesn't fit. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm Haitian and it's, uh, I, I write a lot about, um, that's why I, I, I love what I love about, um, Bob Hartsab Bishola is that, you know, it's a Nigerian family. Um, I even love like, uh, when they go to, uh, Lagos and it's like these, um, well-to-do, uh, Nigerian people, which a lot of people don't, necessarily I mean you can see it now on like Netflix but you don't necessarily see it all the time yeah and that's something that I relate to um and I've I, you know I've our cultures are similar so it's like I, mm -hmm. I've, I've seen this mm -hmm. um but yeah but for somebody who's like from Idaho they might not have seen that right and or for somebody who hasn't traveled may not know so like there were certain things that Gina had to advocate for with like let's make sure that they are you know that they live in a nice place, that they have nice things. and da, 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 Yeah. Because I think for some folks, the only things that they thought or thought they knew about Nigeria or Nigerian people were not those things. Yes. Yeah. And that like, you know, looks like Miami. Like it doesn't, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, so that's, that's amazing. Um, but I want to go back to, to the dissecting the joke, uh, cause then I want to play a game with you, mm -hmm. um, and, and let you go. Cause you're, you know, you're this busy Hollywood writer now. So <laughs> I, have to, I have to let you go and, and, and be that, that person. <laughs> so anyway, you have this great joke where, um, cause you were talking about, um, you know, personal experiences, your, your point of view. So there's this one really funny joke where, you set it up where you and it and the joke is a setup and then the punchline. So the setup is that you're going camping with your, um, uh, you know, best friends, um, mm -hmm. black lesbian friends, mm -hmm. and your girlfriend tells you um, to not be time sensitive, which is very funny because you're you're very time sensitive, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, and everything is just kind of being very slow and relaxed. And then you're all making different things mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. porridge. It's very like um, 
uh, high on the hog, like that Netflix yeah. show. Where they're, they're, they're like cooking, they're cooking outside a big cauldron yeah. and they're making stews and stuff. Yeah. And and then you're like, this feels like slavery. Yeah, yeah. And then it and then it becomes like Harry Tubman must have been time sensitive. Yeah. So so again, like because um, we were talking about the elephant uh, earlier and and how we would make ourselves the elephant. So it's like you kind of made yourself Harry Tubman in a in a like after a few steps like yeah, you connected yeah. um so so what was what was that like like because you you said that joke i saw it in 2018 mm -hmm. so like how how has that joke evolved has it has have you let it go i'm sure you've let it go that's the joke that got me the interview oh my god <laughs> that was the clip that got me the interview um i still tell that joke because i don't I don't think I've recorded it for television yet. Uh -huh. so I think I still tell it. Um, that joke happened because I was camping with 10 black lesbians. Uh-huh. And <laughs> that joke, so when you were going over like how jokes work and then saying them in front of an audience and all of those things and working with audience, like that joke didn't start out to be all that it is, of course. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. Cause like, I would say like, you know, I went camping with 10 black lesbians and then people would roar with laughter. So I felt like I had to address that. And I, and I had to say like, I know some people think that's the joke, but it's not. And then it, because people like in real time would laugh at just that premise of yeah. just like 10 black lesbians camping. Um, or the so idea. It's like you have to kind of throw that away. Yeah. Or I had to like incorporate what was happening, yeah. you know, like they were laughing. So I had to be like, yeah, that's not the joke, but I understand why you think that, you know, like, or um, like that time sensitive thing is like, that is very real uh, mm -hmm. because I am kind of like a type A minus personality. And I think that if we say we're leaving at 12, we should be leaving around 12. Yeah. You know, like I <laughs> not 1230. Yeah. I could give you, I could give you 1210. I can give you 10, but I can't give you 12.30, 12.45, and we're leaving at 12. I can't do it. I can't. Yeah, because that's basically one o'clock. Yeah, that's one o'clock. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and now we got, now I got to do more calculations on track. You know what I mean? Because A minus, right? So that time sensitive, she's like, you know, and she said to me, can you just like relax this weekend and like not be time sensitive? And then I asked how far the trip was. She's like, it's like three hours away. And it was like an eight or nine hour drive. So wow. again, already, I'm already this is Mount, Mount Shasta. Yeah, this is Mount Shasta. Yeah. So already my yeah. time sensitive is like, what? Like, you can't even tell time. You don't even know how far the trip is. So, you know, but I did eventually start to, you know, I'm, I, I have become a black lady camper, but I was not a black lady camper, you know, when this started. Uh -huh. Um. So it was just the experience of being up there. And that really did happen where um, one of the other women, Neva and I were cooking and she's um, another Spelman sister of mine mm -hmm. and they live in the Bay area. And so she's up there making a whole stirring all of these eggs for 10 people. That's a lot of eggs yes. and making grits for 10 people. And it's a lot of grits, you know, <laughs> and we were stirring it. And I did, I was like, and I was like, does this feel slavery to you? And she was like, girl, yeah, right? And I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> like, we both felt that in that moment. And then yeah. when I tried to do slave talk with her, then she was like, oh, my God, like, you're crazy. Yes. And I was like, 
I was like, oh, these B shell is bad today. And she was like, okay, Glory, Glory, you got to stop. Like, you can't be doing this. <laughs> You're being ridiculous. Yeah. So it really did happen as it happened in the joke, you know? Um, did you write it down right away at, no. when it happened? Mm-hmm. You, you, it was like in your journal or like you, no. you wrote it down uh-huh, no, it, on a pad? That just, um, just something, it was just an experience that had happened. And then I think I came back later and was like, you know, a premise like, you know, lesbian camping was probably what it was like in just to talk about all of the ridiculous things that had happened in there. And then when we talk about when we were trying to leave to go on this boat for the day, all of the lesbian management that was going on and people like, do this, do that, do that, like, you know, and the life vest for the dogs and like all of the things, like all (laughs) Every and, dog got a life vest. Oh yeah, Niles had a, had oh, a life yeah. vest. Oh, you know he did. You know he did. You know, so it was like all of the things that I thought were highly ridiculous uh-huh. that that was happening, and that how we couldn't leave. Like trying to get, it was just like trying to is hurting. Like we could not get out of the campsite. We could not get out of the campsite. It was like. All of these, the lesbian management, the, the life vest, the this, the, the other. Somebody had to go back for a hat. That was me. I was the one that needed to go back for the hat. But what I'm saying yeah, is like the, all Yeah, the cowboy these, hat. Yeah, the cowboy hat. Like, but it was like all of these things, you know? Uh-huh. And then it, and then the how Harriet Tubman did it, that happened by accident one day. So like in your thing that says like, try things and see what happens. Like, yeah, that happened by accident. And one day I just like, I don't know how, how Harriet, because I was just thinking like, how hard it would be to get a bunch of slaves to leave on time. OMG, you know, yeah. With no watch. And they go on by like the stars and the moon and the sky. Like yes. how, how do you get anybody to leave on time? You know? And so yeah. that's how. Because we're, we're, you know, when this comes out, it's going to be after Juneteenth. And I, I've been talking to my son about Juneteenth. And, and we were talking about, um, you know, just how people didn't know. Um, whatever the little little um, bit of Juneteenth that I know, um, you know, I was trying to um, tell him. Um, but then we were talking about Harriet Tubman, and Harriet Tubman lived a long life, and mm-hmm. she she lived to to uh, an old age, and which is amazing because it was probably so stressful. Oh, what she did, yeah, like it's awesome. just amazing, and, and yeah, she had to look at the stars. She had to get everybody together, be quiet. Yeah. She had yeah. she had a gun. Yeah. Like she All had these, to yeah. yeah, lead them to freedom. And for, uh, you know, and I have not another, get caught. Yeah, slave slavery joke is <laughs> so people are so uncomfortable sometimes. Uh, but I have another slavery joke that involves <laughs> being out in the woods fact checking Ben Carson. Oh, uh, asking Harriet Tubman some questions based on fact-checking Ben Carson, and wow. which is ridiculous. And she is like, she's like, you know, I'm asking him like, well, how is slavery? Like, how bad is it really? You know? Yeah. And, and I'm a doctor. Things. Yeah. She's saying like, we got to travel by night. You know, we got to use the stars. And if they <laughs> put dogs on us and they find us, they cut off our feet. And I'm like, yeah, but is it that bad? Is it worse than health insurance? You know what I mean? Like, so it's like that whole idea of like, her being hiding in the woods and meets Harry, you know, like it's a whole yeah. ridiculous, ridiculous act out. Yeah. Just, uh, just trying to, uh, um, I don't know, analyze, trying to, um, you know, ca- catch her that like, oh, it's not that bad. Yeah. 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 Oh, Ben Carson. 
Uh, I know. Um, he, he probably would have done that and been like, she's over there. <laughs> you know he would have. You know he would have <laughs> turned her in. Um, okay. And so this leads me to, uh, I, well, because I, I wanted to, there are so many things I want to talk to you about. But again, Hollywood TV writer um, with your big backyard, got to let you go. Um, I want to play a quick game with you. these 12 90s R&B songs by one line because also you know as as friend of of Nina and Gina mm -hmm. um you're you you know all about tunes on Tuesday we're talking mm -hmm. on Tuesday I don't know what what tune she has up today I can never guess her tunes on Tuesday on Instagram it's always stuff that like I I I remember like it was on like on Kiss FM, like in New York or like WBLS, like my brother oh, was probably BLS, listening to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I, I could, you know, there are things yeah. that like I heard. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, yeah. um, anyway, so can you name these? These are probably really easy though. Um, hanging out the passenger side of his best, best friend's, friend's ride, ride, trying to holler scrub. at me. Yes. Yeah. I don't want to scratch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You acting kind of shady. Ain't calling me baby. Why the sudden change? Call me baby. Oh, say my name. Say my name. Yeah. Destiny's Child. Uh-huh. I'm just a bachelor. I'm looking for a partner. Someone who knows how to ride. Oh. I'll give you options. Uh, hold on. Is it, uh, I need a girl who ride, ride, ride. I need a girl who Oh, that's a good one, too. I remember that one. <laughs> I remember or, that one. <laughs> or is it Puffy? No, that's the Puffy. Or is that Usher? Say it again. I'm just a bachelor. I'm looking for a partner. Someone who knows how to ride. That's Usher. Is it Usher? So I'll give you the options. It's One is Shorty by Donnell Jones. Pony. Uh -huh. By Genuine Ugh. or Twisted by Keith Sweat. Pony. Is that yes. Pony? Yeah. I did not like that song. Really? I, I loved it. I thought it was amazing. I thought it was one of the best songs in the whole world. I found that song very stressful. And I was teaching in Cincinnati and I asked kids what their favorite songs were. And there was a third grader who told me her song. <laughs> favorite song was Pony. And I got so upset and I could You're haunted. Let's do, do it. Right. My like, pony. Uh, Eight years old. Uh. And yeah, the other that was, artists yeah. in the room didn't understand how like ridiculous that was. And I was just yeah. like, that's your song. She's like, yeah. And I was like, okay. With the, I was a little, little kid. There was, we don't have to take our clothes, clothes off, off to have, have a, a good, good time. time. We'll just sip cherry wine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The safe sex song. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Girls, you know, you'd better watch out. Some guys, Girls, you know some guys are only watch out about, one hill. Yes. That thing. Do watch yes. that thing. Because mm -hmm. the way you say it too, you say it in a way that's like <laughs> so confusing because it sounds so like, 
you know, like it's on CBS or something. And then I was like, wait, this is, what is this? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Most intellects do not believe in God, but the fear is just the same. Yeah. Most intellect. Oh, that's Erica Badu. Oh, on and on and on. Yes. And on. Yeah. Okay. Getting paid is her forte each and every day. True player way. True player way. I know this song. Oh, wait. <laughs> forte. I know this. I know this. I know this. Oh, God. Oh, getting played is their forte. Shorty got What song is it? Oh, what is that called? True play, right? All the time. I like the way you work it. No diggity. No doubt. My mother loves that song. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, so <laughs> it's, a, it's a classic. Yeah. Okay. Boy, I've been watching you like the hawk in the sky. Boy. <laughs> Boy, I've been watching you like the hawk. Oh, uh, are you telling me I got somebody? Uh, yes. Aaliyah. Aaliyah. Mm-hmm. That was great. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. My mind is telling me no. And but my, my body, body, my body, <laughs> telling me yes. It's very the, problematic. Yeah, from that one, that guy. Yes, that guy. Mm, that guy. Mm-hmm. Bump and grind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, there not a day goes by where I don't. Uh, uh, R. Kelly song doesn't just kind of half on a baby. That man. All I need is your body next to me. And I'm like, no, that man. I can't. I have been wanting to get rid of him since the early 90s. And I went to yes. a party and he was at the party being oh, no. so awful and saying oh, the no. most disgusting things. <laughs> I was like, after that, I was like, I was dressed for the party in like a linen short set and espadrille, just like not, oh, oh, not cute. right. Yeah, exactly. But not right for that party. You know what I mean? Like, that's not, that's not that party. Like here I am. Awful. No spandex. Yeah. The, the, yeah. Yeah. Like, no, yeah. And I thought I was yeah. like going to like a boat party or something. <laughs> Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Uh, you were ready for Malibu. You didn't, yeah. you didn't know it, but you were, you were ready uh, for, yeah. for the yacht. Um. Okay. Baby, when we're grinding, I get so excited. Oh, oh, how I like it. I try, but I can't fight it. Yeah. I saw them in concert. Oh. <laughs> it was very good. It was good. <laughs> and do you, do you know the name? Oh, um, can't help it. You're making it hard for me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you want? Do you want me to give you the options? Vibin, boys to men. Mm-mm. My little secret, escape. Mm-mm. Too close. Next. Too close. Too close. Yes. Next. Yeah. I wasn't Almost a done. big next fan, but that was their. That was like the yeah. One that was song. the hit. Yeah, that was the that hit. was the hit. Okay. Cause my heart starts beating triple time Cause with my thoughts heart of love. Beating triple time. <laughs> SWV. We classic. Yeah. One of my top okay. 20 favorite songs. That's yeah. a great one. Uh tell me what I gotta do to please you. 
baby, anything you say I'll do because I only want to make you happy. Is it spend my life with you, Eric Benet? Haven't heard that in a long time. You make me wanna usher, or I wanna know, Joe. I'm gonna go with Joe. I wanna know. Yes. Yeah. Cause my heart, it's true. Yeah, yeah. I wanna know what's on your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and be the band and yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, have you ever loved someone so much you thought, thought you'd you die. die? Have you ever loved someone so much you thought you'd die? Given so much of yourself, is it the only way? Tell me one and one and I My love, do you? Yeah. Candy Rain. Calculating results. 100% smooth operator. <laughs> there you go. There you did you it. Go. <laughs> yes. So Gloria Bigelow, comedian, writer, uh, 90s R&B smooth Pop operator. operator. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Um, last <laughs> question. What's making you happy these days? Um, so silly, but like flowers and gardening nice. and spending time outside. Are you yeah. um, making bouquets? I am starting, like I redid my patio with a bunch of like nice flowers and I'm planning today, I'm planting some bougainvillea on the side. Ooh. And so I've just been like, just trying to make my backyard feel as tropical for, for me and Niles as yes. possible. And so, yeah, just like seeing that, like, seeing the plants come up and seeing the flowers bloom, sometimes smelling the jasmine, just like that kind of stuff is. Oh, beautiful. Joy right now. Yes. The jacarandas mm -hmm. are still kind of out. Yeah. Blooming. Nice. Um, okay. So, and then how can people find you? They can find me on the interwebs on, yes. uh, on Instagram. I think my handle is just glow Bigelow. Uh, G-L-O. Yep. G-L-O. Bigelow. Bigelow. Uh -huh. I'm also on the Twitters. And that's Gloria Bigelow. I had to look and make sure because I'm not on there that much. But yeah, just uh -huh. on Instagram, Glow Bigelow. And then you can check out her writing on Bob Hart's Abby Shola. You're going back into the writer's room. Um, mm -hmm. My very, very last question is that I didn't, didn't ask you because you're you're leaving hiatus. By the time this episode comes out, you're going to be back in the writer's room. Mm -hmm. Do you get to still do stand-up? Do you still get to um, like work on that? Do you still get to like watch TV shows? I watch a lot of TV. Uh -huh. I watch a lot of TV uh, and I use my job as an excuse to do that. But it's really because I really grew up like watching TV and was yeah. even as a child was really into television. I'm so yeah, sorry. Same. My dog's yeah, having I... a total meltdown right now. Oh, that's okay. Um, but yeah, so in stand up, I mean, I think because of the COVID of it all, I haven't mm -hmm. been doing as much stand up. And the couple of times I did COVID, in December, I, I did stand up in December and got COVID. So I've been oh. kind of like a little reluctant <laughs> to do the stand up. Yeah. Because, you know, people laugh. And if you're funny, they're laughing. And it's like, that's coming at you. You're coming so, at your face. Coming germs. right at your face. All this coming. <laughs> oh, you're so funny. Thank you. you know? Yeah. You can't tell them not to laugh because that's not what they're there for. So, right, um, right. But I do want to get that. I, I miss stand up. I do miss it. And I've been trying to find places and spaces that feel like a safe, safe spot to do stand up. Yeah. Yeah, this looks COVID free. This looks, yeah. you know. They're far enough away. <laughs>
Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Well, that's the new normal. Here we yep. are. Just go back and another place where people can find me because I think yes. another place that you can find me is on Spotify. So I yes. do, I make little Spotify playlist uh, on there because you know I'm into music. So I even have a Bob Hart Shola Spotify playlist. And, nice. Um, I have some stories that are up on Spotify, so people what, can listen what, to those too. What is your most um, proud? playlist that you put together like the one that makes you feel like like chef's kiss like you know I did what? it I gotta tell you my Bob Hart's Abby Shola playlist is one of my favorites and I did it the first year I got the job uh-huh. and I was like I just was trying to like when I would be writing scenes and stuff like this this would be the playlist that I would work off of and um, I've been able to get several of the songs that are on the playlist into the show which has been really nice that's awesome. Is, is like Nigerian, um, like what's it called? High life, like like pop songs. So it's a mix of. It's really the story of their love. Is what uh-huh. the playlist is. So it's like, like um, Detroit music, um, mm-hmm. soul music from Detroit mixed nice. with Nigerian songs about oh, cool. like love and falling in love and whether you should love somebody who's different from you. And then it kind of like grows and, yeah, it's just it's a really kind of eclectic but sweet playlist. Oh, cool. I have to check that out. One of my favorite songs is, uh, I can't uh, remember his name, William something, but Fantastic Man. That's one of my favorite uh, songs. It's a Nigerian uh, singer. Okay. Um, Fantastic Man. It's very, um, it's, it's like a little kind of disco-y, a little, a little awkward. It's, it's, oh. it's me, you know, <laughs> <Disco-y>. <laughs> that's how I see myself. Disco-y and awkward. Yes. Okay, thank you so much. You we'll so much see you that. next week. Yes, we'll see you next week. I'm Yummy Coco. Keep your lamplight trimmed and burning. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>